mascots foamed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Oh, yeah. Three episodes left. Today, Friday, and then Monday. Then we'll be going once a week through the offseason. I shouldn't sound so excited about that. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, <laughs> Scott. you are. Three episodes You're left. You're so excited. Hey, don't say that. That's, You're that's, excited. That's you only, can't deny That's only 99% true, Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what happened the last two days of baseball? Any clue? Oh, I have a clue. Sure. Good. Me too. I, I can tell too. you all about it and plan to over the next hour or so. Uh, more like 45 minutes. But, yes, uh, Christian Yelich hit another cycle. That was great. That's short, too. Yeah, the bicycle. The bicycle. I like that. So we've got to talk about Aaron Judge, update on James Paxton, stuff like that. Butchery. It's the guy that was a, a Butchery save yesterday, wasn't there? <laughs> Yes, yes, there was. Yes. There was. He's really I good. Want, I always want to talk like Michael Caine when we talk about That's it. That's fine. I welcome it. I welcome it. Yeah. Uh, alright, so let's, uh, let's talk about it now. Give me some standouts, if you'd like, from the last couple of days. Alright. Let's talk about Josh James, who had a spot start for the Astros yesterday. And dazzled, I dare say. He was dazzling. It was enchanting. He pitched five and a third shutout innings, striking out seven. Fastball peaking at 99.9. 16 swinging strikes. This was the guy who I believe the stat he led the minors in was K per nine among pitchers with a relevant number of starts. And a big, big minor league breakthrough this year. Now, what help is he going to be for you this year? Uh, with 10 days remaining, I'm not sure there's any magical player you can pick up off waivers. I have a prediction. Go ahead. Well, they're going to be setting their playoff rotation. They might yes, be skipping starts and whatnot. I think Josh what I James thinking. makes a start either at Toronto or at Baltimore next week. Those are those are two favorable opponents. And, yes, if he makes a spot start, it may end up being a rewarding one for you. Now, yeah. I don't know. Like, he... He probably won't go six if he does. So, you know, it'd be one start and he won't go six. You have to assess whether that's worth it to you. But I wanted to talk about Josh James because I think he's an exciting player. Yeah, and I think he's got a chance to make the postseason roster as a long man. Or, I don't know, I mean, he throws so hard, maybe he's a one-inning guy, I don't know. But he could really help them, Josh James. And, and he's going to be a sleeper next year. Or I don't know if he's going to be a popular sleeper. He's going to be on everybody's sleeper list, I assume, right? Uh, Keiko's a free agent. Uh, you know, the Astros are never a team to leave themselves shorthanded anywhere. They tend to um, go go overboard with the depth, which is maybe smart. But, yeah, I, I don't know that it's sure he'll have a rotation spot is what I'm saying, but there's sure. at least a chance. Definitely somebody who will be fighting for one next spring. Any other standouts? I mean, Ty Buttrey is legitimately worth adding. He's getting the saves for the Angels. 
He is 11% owned, and he has given up one earned run in 15 and a third with 19 strikeouts to four walks. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's four of the past five saves for the Angels. I don't know if you just said that. Uh, I didn't say that specifically, no. So yeah. Pick him up. Pick him up. Pick up Butchery. I once knew a man who preferred to in- eat his English muffins bone dry. And I said to him, could you make me one? And he did. And he said, do you prefer it this way? And I said, no, sir. I prefer butchery. <laughs> Such commitment. Such commitment. <laughs> I hope he gets a save every day. Because I just, yeah. I, we need more of that. Uh, all right. Any other standouts or, uh, you want to just get to the notes? Uh, how about, you know, this is a scary one. Dylan Bundy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Two great starts in a row. Yep. For Dylan Bundy. 20 swinging strikes in this last one. Wow. Uh, really seems to have that slider working again, and he's had stretches this year. Look back into April, look back to June, where he's looked like an ace. Like an ace. Problem is that it's the Astros and Red Sox he'll be facing next week. Two starts. Lines up for two starts. But oof. Those are some tough matchups. What I think the best thing to do with Dylan Bundy right now is to pick him up and not start him. Just to make sure whoever you're facing, whoever you're competing for with for the championship, doesn't pick him up, start him, and, you know, he does this twice. Right. He's ruined because of it. Just kind of a defensive pickup. I know you don't want to trust him, and that's fair, but... You don't want him to burn you on the other end either. And there's a chance that that start against the Red Sox, especially if it's the last day of the season, is just a bunch of backups or maybe the starters for a few innings or something like that. But Bill Money is so frustrating. Like even going back to last year, like last August. Last August he went 4-0 with a 2 ERA, 45 strikeouts in 36 innings, 16% swinging strikes. And then his final three starts of the year, one was great. The other two were nine and a third innings, 11 earned runs against the Yankees and Red Sox. So he's just, he'll drive you crazy. I mean, it's month by month with Dylan Bundy. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea, Scott. Very interesting take. Pick him up, but don't start him. Keep, play some keep away, uh, with Dylan Bundy. All right, news and notes. Aaron Judge started yesterday. He went over four with a strikeout, but some very encouraging signs. One, he hit the ball hard probably three times. And two, he struck out on a check swing. And the check swing is very tough sometimes for guys with an injured wrist. So I actually haven't read anything. I should, let me read that right now. You're celebrating that he struck out on a check swing is what I'm, you're saying. I'm celebrating that his wrist was fine after the yeah. check swing. Uh, I don't know. I doubt he's going to be in the lineup today. I'm just not sure. But if he's in the lineup, I'm not afraid of his performance. I, I would start him in a daily league, you know, if you can with Aaron Judge. I still think if you sat him in a weekly league, you're probably going to be right about that. That's my guess. Like, he, I don't think he's going to have a great week. I'm just seeing here. Has he going to? Yeah, there's no commitment to him as of right now. Um, but Judge is back. That's wonderful. Jose Abreu out with an infection in his thigh. He might miss a few days. Christian Yelich became the fifth hitter to hit multiple cycles in the same season. But he's the first to hit two cycles against the same team in a season. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Part of it. Oh yeah, red the red cycle, which sounds red bicycle. 
The red bicycle, there you go. It's like it's like he uh, sank the ping pong in bucket six of the grand prize game. Hmm. No, you don't get that reference? No, I don't, no. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Cookie comes riding out on the Schwinn, hands it to him. Here you go, Kristen Yelich. Congratulations on the bicycle. What are you talking about? Pee Wee Herman? The Bozo Show. Oh, okay. Uh, Somebody. Trevor Story... The reporting about Trevor Story's UCL has driven Scott insane. Insane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was a wild uh, twelve hours there yesterday when first Ken Rosenthal was like, "There's a possibility of UCL damage," which doesn't really mean anything, right? Like, I could sit there and tell you without talking to anybody that there's a possibility of UCL damage, but you assume Chris, uh, Ken Rosenthal has a little more backing it than just his gut instinct. Sure. Um, and then there was, they spoke to Bud Black around game time and he said initial testing, uh, they think it's just inflammation and he, they're hoping he can get, be back in the lineup in a few days. Well, you know, that's some vague language, too, because initial testing, what does that mean? Does that mean the trainer, you know, pressing his thumbs up against it? Or does that mean an MRI, you know? I, I don't think an MRI. MRI sounds more severe than initial testing. Yeah, I I would agree. But um, but then I saw that there had been MRI results. So it sounds like it sounds like he's in the clear. But, yeah, it was. There, there were some headlines being written that I think were taking a few liberties based on the information that was actually available and trying to keep up with it was considering the severity of it because obviously that would impact his 2019 status yeah, too. Yeah. And I have Trevor Story going in the second round. And by the way, if there's any kind of tear in that UCL and they're just saying, uh, you know, it's, it should be fine. He shouldn't need Tommy John surgery. Like we've kind of seen how that's gone this year with Shohei Otani. We kind of saw how it went with Corey Seager. You know? Yeah, Otani doesn't really matter to me. Seager does. You can't really yeah. compare hitters and pitchers, but well, no, in my opinion, I guess. But the point being, um, like, I, I I hope to hear more about this because if there's like even just a small tear in the UCL. I don't know that I'd be willing to draft Story in the second round next year. Uh, I think we're going to try to talk about that, your your uh, first two rounds. That's the goal today, so stay tuned. We also are going to try to regulate. James Paxton's return date is unclear. Brandon Morrow is out for the season. Who do you want in the Cubs bullpen? <laughs> uh, nobody's gotten a save yet since Strope went down, right? Yes. Who did? Uh, two. Saves. Oh, there were two. Okay. So there was Jorge De La Rosa, which was completely bizarre. And then there was the following day, three pitchers each getting one out in the ninth inning that I believe Steve Ciszek got the last out. Stuff. Exactly. Pick up uh, Buttery. <laughs> okay. It's uh, fun to own him anyway. If you, if you made me choose, I'd choose Ciszek. Mm. Trevor Bauer could be back as a relief pitcher. Mookie Betts sat, but he's expected to DH today. Joey Gallo sat with a toe injury. Travis Shaw left with a bruised knee. Edward Encarnacion expected to return today. Aroldis Chapman could be back today. Michael Fulmer mm-hmm. has a torn meniscus. Sorry, did you say something, sir? I just said, huh? Yeah. Yankees getting everyone back. Yeah. And Zach Yankees have the Wheeler. third best 
the third best record in the majors. And you they realize stink. that, right? And like, they stink. I feel like every time I see people uh, pontificating about the Yankees, it's always very negative. They're not playing well. Like, they haven't been playing well for a long time. But Judge and Chapman will certainly help. And really, it's the guy who's pitching today. It's Severino. Like, they've basically been playing without their three best players for like a month and a half or whatever because Severino's been a, just a, a different guy. If he can get yeah. it right, they're fine. But they are so bad defensively, Scott. I don't, I, you have no idea what happened in the ninth inning yesterday. It was embarrassing. First of all, mm-hmm. ball gets by Gary Sanchez. Shocker. Why is he yep. in the game in the ninth inning? Why is he in the game protecting a lead in the ninth inning? But he did throw the runner out at first base, so that's good. Uh, and then two bad plays, it's, whatever, it doesn't matter. Zach Britton got the save, which would be important, cause like, I feel like he'd get a save over Batances at this point. But Chapman's coming back. Zach Wheeler may be shut down. You might have gotten your last start from Zach Wheeler. Another seven-inning start. A little forewarning would have been nice. Yeah, right? Oh, it's not Instead guaranteed. Just, but... Well, that was probably the last one. <laughs> you started him for two starts this week, too. I mean, not that you wouldn't have started him anyway, the way he's been pitching. Yeah. but And he got a, I think yeah. he got a win. Over 180 innings this year after, like, a combined 30. No, 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 not that low. Combined no, no, 80 or so the previous three. Here it is. 2014, he threw 185 and a third. 2015, zero. 2016, one. And this is including the minors. 2017, 86 and a third. And this year, 187 and a third. So he went up 101 innings. But he did have this workload back in 2014. It's not like it's uncharted territory, <laughs> but. Back in 2014, I was fatherless. <laughs> or sonless. <laughs> sonless, sonless, yes. I was not a father yet. You gained a father. I don't even remember that. Uh, Scott White, let's, let's take a peek ahead to 2019, shall we? Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the following players going into next year? Rugned Odor, optimistic or pessimistic? Optimistic. Last couple months, he's he cooled off again. There are going to be extreme highs and lows for him, I think, throughout his entire career. But he he answered some questions, I think, during that middle portion of the season about whether or not he's a fantasy asset at all. So I will I, – I think he's probably going to be in my top 12 second baseman, which I am uh, – Working on ranking right now, I'm actually, in addition to the first two rounds for next year, I'm starting to come out with top 20 by position pieces. Catcher's already published on the site, so second base is coming soon. I fear you may be falling for a great month and a half stretch because September 196 with two yeah, walks and 17 bad. strikes. I mean... Maybe in Roto. In points, I would hope there are 12 better for second basemen than Odor. Well, you have to remember, and this might be a reality in every offseason, and, and maybe should change the way we approach positions in general, but a lot of players who we think of as second base eligible are not going to be come draft day, including most notably Jose Ramirez. Uh, all right, well, I still hope there are 12 better ones. He's a he's a guy who's those guys have a huge difference in value and format. Uh optimistic or pessimistic about Jake Bowers? Pessimistic. Oh, he was the darling of this podcast for a while. Jake Bowers is boy, I mean he's been just dreadful. Yeah. And he still has a chance of having a good career, but 
He is not in my top 20 first baseman for next year. I can say that, having already ranked them completely. Okay. Optimistic or pessimistic on John Gray? I'm optimistic about Gray. I am. Okay. I just think, like, they're even, even before he got, had that trip to the minors where, you know, he came back from that strong, obviously. Uh, but even before that, he was doing dominant things that just weren't translating to a good ERA. And I realize he's having a bumpy finish here. And the final numbers aren't going to look good since obviously he had a lot of ground to make up already. But, uh, you know, it, that's kind of a different issue. He hasn't had a feel for a slider down the stretch this year. I, I think he's going to be fine next year. I think there's a lot of upside. Uh, he'll, I'll, I'll probably have him in my top 40 starting pitchers, I would guess off the top of my head. Okay. Gray, uh, started in 63% of leagues, gave up six runs in two innings at the Dodgers. On Monday, and his second start will be at Arizona. Uh, optimistic or pessimistic on Jamison Tyone, who has a 12% swinging strike rate in his last five starts? Which is solid. It's, you know, it's not elite, but it's solid. Um, 11 strikeouts, obviously, in his most recent start. I'm optimistic. I don't, I still don't see ace upside there, but he'll, he'll rank ahead of John Gray. Optimistic or pessimistic on Clayton Kershaw? In his last four starts, he has struck out three batters twice. Weird. Kershaw. I'm I'm more optimistic than I was a couple months ago. He's back in my first two rounds for next year when he had dropped out of that. I don't think he's going to be the best pitcher in baseball again. But top five? Yeah. Scherzer's going to be number one for you next year? Yes. I, he has to be. Yeah, who's two? Two for me is Sale, Chris Sale, and then DeGrom is three. Last one, optimistic or pessimistic on Ozzie Albies? I'm optimistic. It's still very impressive what he's done at the age he is and uh, at a position that going into next year is going to be pretty shallow. And the fact that he doesn't strike out much I think gives him – uh, you know, gives him a, a pretty high floor with the ceiling yet to be determined. Are you going to rank Albies ahead or behind Rugnet Odor? Ahead. ahead. All right. Well, that concludes today's edition of Optimistic or Pessimistic. I am optimistic for the rest of this show. I would really love to get into Scott's rankings for next year. I, of course, would love nothing more than to do some regulating. So we will try to do that. We got to talk about uh, from El Reyes. He's 29% owned. Uh, Jimon Choi is hitting well. Joe Musgrove was a total bust. We will get to all of that. I first need to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, about Lightstream. Lightstream.com. And it's Lightstream.com slash strike. That's where you want to go right now. This is a really great website. I didn't really understand just how crippling credit card debt could be until recently. And I've got to say, something like like Lightstream, which is a, a tool for people with good credit that just you know need a little bit of a break on their interest rate, something like Lightstream is just terrific. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans 
from 5.89% APR with auto pay. The average credit card interest rate is over 18%. We're talking 5.89%. You can get a loan very, very quickly as soon as the day you apply. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000. So they're going to be faster and they're going to allow you to get, uh, to take out loans at a higher cost, a higher, you know, a higher loan, I should say, not a cost to you. Uh, Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. And this is kind of nice, a little fun fact for you. Lightstream plants a tree with every loan they fund, so there's a little bonus there. Already you're getting a great discount with that 5.89% APR, but our listeners will get a special discount on top of the already low rates. The only way to get it is to go to lightstream.com slash strike. Lightstream, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com. Slash strike. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash strike for more information. Alrighty. Hitters. Any hitters that jump out at you lately? I mean, it's the usual suspects. Jonathan VR stolen three bases in two games. I thought, uh, Bryce Harper's, uh, stats on Monday were hilarious. 0 for 0. No play, no at bats. Five walks at the Marlins, <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, Michael Conforto had six RBIs on Monday. Framo yeah. Reyes is uh, having a great finish to the year. He batted 308 in August. He's batting 358 in September with a 951 OPS. And the walk-to-strikeout ratio has gotten a lot better, Scott. Framo Reyes, 29% owned. Yeah, this is an exciting player. This is somebody who I imagine I'll have a lot of shares in next year, particularly in five outfielder leagues. Uh, because I don't think, I don't think he's going to be hyped to the hills. Just because, uh, the overall numbers aren't going to, well, I mean, he's up to 16 home runs and 222 at bats. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, but there just has not been a lot of chatter in him about him in fantasy circles. So uh, we'll see if my theory is correct, but I suspect he'll be a late round pick next year and one that I'll be happy to, to make. That's Framil Reyes, who can help you out right now. I've been starting him in a Roto League. It's been wonderful. Uh, what about Daniel Palka? I mean, he hits a lot of home runs. I'll say that. Is there anything you like about Daniel Palka? Does there need to be more chatter about him? He's 12% owned. I don't think so. He strikes me. And I'm not, Is this the first time we've talked about him? No, like, not the first. Like, Probably like the yeah, third. He's, yeah, he's less like 24 homers. 25. I feel like he's the sort of player who only gets at bats because... A rebuilding team has a spot to fill. You know, <laughs> there's just not much there other than a plus home run rate. Yeah. So. so 14 doubles, three triples in 112 games, terrible play discipline, two steals. If he doesn't homer, he's nothing. Just nothing for you. Right. And he Parker. might be the guy who gets bumped when Aloy Jimenez is ready to go next April. How about Jimon Choi? He's, he's balling. For the Rays. I liked G-Man Choi. I liked him back when he was in the Mariners minor league system, which I don't even know how many organizations ago that was. So uh good for the Rays for giving him an extended look. He doesn't play against left-handers. So that limits his appeal to deeper leagues or daily leagues, some daily leagues, but it's also obviously a position with a lot of similar type bats. And I have basically all the relevant pitchers from the last two days. Not all. All the ones that you might have questions about. So, Jake Arietta, 
He has had a 571 ERA, but with a lot of strikeouts in his last three starts. In his last seven starts, Arietta has only one quality start. He should be facing Atlanta this weekend on the road. Would you start Arietta? I wouldn't give it a firm no. I would hope I have better options, but uh, but no, it's not like that matchup in particular is going to make me say no. He he does seem to be regressing a little bit here at the end of the season, as he was due to. How about Carlos Rodon, Cubs this weekend? No, he is regressing hard. I mean, I his, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, his uh, past five starts, nineteen walks to sixteen strikeouts. No, bad Carlos Rodon. Joe Musgrove, I get why we were excited about him, but he had a, a bad start, five runs in six innings, four strikeouts against the Royals. I get it, but he, it's only one quality start in his last five starts. Did we did we overreact, overrate Joe Musgrove? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I wish it's gone better with the ERA, but he's doing some impressive things, and he's – like, he's not having those disaster starts, you know? And I know we argue about what that means, but five this was, run runs this in six was. innings this was probably – what was it? I I think five run runs in six innings is pretty damn bad. I, I don't think six innings can ever be a disaster start unless, you know, they leave you out there and you give up ten runs like they're just saving the bullpen or something. But All right, it's not a disaster, innings, but like it's, it's pretty it's, bad. It's a positive point total. You know? A positive point. So, I mean, that's just lowering the bar so much. Well, what does disaster mean to you? Disaster means okay, it's fine. Disastrous. So, so not, it's I, just bad. Well, that's fine. But why does it have to be disastrous for me to be disappointed in it? For me to for it to be no, bad? Disappointed. It, it's, I'm it's just still saying, bad. I'm just saying, if the downside is a less than disastrous start, then maybe you don't need to be so scared. Seven points. That's terrible. I mean, it's not what you want. But it's not a disaster. I, I think I think this is. I think what I'm saying is. Well, I mean, I get it. Like he's not going to go out and give up six earned runs in three innings. He's not yeah. going to. He's not going to completely obliterate you. There's a there's a high floor for Joe Musgrove. I get it. But I yeah. am not less willing to give him a pass for giving five runs in six innings to one of the worst teams in baseball. You know what? He only has allowed because this has been going on. Uh, it's basically a seven-start stretch where he's been missing a lot more bats. 44 strikeouts to four walks in 41 and a third innings. That's very impressive. Early on, you know, there were a couple starts where he allowed a couple home runs, and, and you were like, okay, is, is, is this going to be a recurring issue? One home run between his last three starts. So I think it's a lot of bad luck. All right. Well, that's a good, it's a good analysis, good take on it. Uh, Joe Musgrove is ha- uh, has Milwaukee at home this weekend. Starter sit. I'm gonna start him. Tyler Glass now got to start him, right? Yeah. Going forward. Uh, Brad Keller. You want to talk about bad luck? So in that start uh, against Joe Musgrove, actually, six innings, four runs, one walk, seven strikeouts, ten hits. Nine of them were singles. Bad luck. He's at Detroit this weekend. Start him, right, Brad Keller? Bad luck, but he he is the profile that invites bad luck. That is true. Ground ball pitcher who you know has less than a strikeout per inning. Although in this, this start, start 
he had a season-high 19 swinging strikes, 11 on the slider. And that's a, the slider has been a pitch that has been much better for him in September. He's been getting more swinging strikes overall. Uh, if that continues, it could be a game changer. But for now, you're, you're mostly pursuing him for the ground ball rate. Are you going to start Wade Miley at Pittsburgh this weekend and or Wade LeBlanc at Texas this weekend? Oh, the Wades. You're trying to confuse me with the Wades. <laughs> the waiting Wading is the hardest it. part, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I will be more likely to start Miley. He's the preferred Wade. And but I don't of, think either's like, I'm excited to start. In terms of next week, Brad Keller actually is lined up to have Cleveland next week. Not great. Wade Miley, Not Detroit great. next week. Ooh, that's better. Wade LeBlanc, Texas next week. Mm. Uh, any interest in Fromber Valdez? He could be at Baltimore next week if he makes a second start this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. He has been walking a lot of guys. Yeah. Not that it's impacted his ERA. He had five walks in his last start. 220 ERA in, in six, but three, three walks or more in five of them. And he's not pitching deep into games. It's, it's a little dangerous, but that matchup, I think, counteracts that. He's, yeah, he's not a bad option if you feel like you don't have enough starts to fill out a lineup. Yeah, like Valdez is supposed to pitch this weekend against the Angels and then at Baltimore next week. But what happens if they, Juggle the rotation a little bit. I mean, they just had Josh James pitching yesterday. Does that mean that he pitches Monday instead of Sunday? Does he lose the weekend? So you just, it's just kind of up in the air, but there's a chance you get Valdez at Baltimore next week. Andrew Suarez, uh, good start against the Padres at St. Louis this weekend. Dodgers next week. Andrew Suarez. No, if I'm picking up a Giants pitcher right now, I'm picking up Derek Holland. Yeah. Yeah, he lines Holland, up for two uh, starts next week, one against the Padres. He just started against the Padres yesterday and four and runs in five innings. It wasn't a great start, but since June 1st, he has a sub three ERA with well more than a strikeout per inning. And he had put together four straight quality starts before yesterday. And if Steven Matz pitches this weekend at Washington, which I feel like he isn't because we would have talked much more about him on the two star pitcher schedule, Steven Matz. But bottom line is he's going to get the Marlins next week. He should get the Marlins next week. Uh, yeah, so, Matt's was a tricky one because it wasn't clear if Vargas was going Tuesday of this week or if Matt's was, but I think uh, Matt's ultimately did. Okay. I think he did. Yeah, he he went Tuesday for sure. Yeah. So, so he'll, he probably pitching. will end up making two starts this week unless there's a spot starter, which you don't always find out about until, like, the day of this time of year. Well – there will be a spot starter, but he's going to replace Wheeler in theory right. on Saturday. Right. Um, all right. Well, anyway, anyway, uh, Stephen Matz is somebody I'd be interested in adding because he's going to have the Marlins either in a one-star week or a two-star week next week. Austin Gomber, sixty-two percent owned. He's supposed to have the. I've got him lined up for Milwaukee and at the Cubs next week. Austin Gomber. Well. Uh, if he is actually making two starts, I think you have to call him a sleeper this time of year. But, um, but he got, he got hit pretty hard in his last start and was walking a lot of guys even before that. So he's not one I'm going to be particularly excited about. All right. No on Gomber. And, uh, I think we kind of warned you about Aaron Sanchez. 
Four innings, two runs, three walks, one strikeout at Baltimore. Tampa Bay this weekend, then at Tampa Bay next week. I hope he does well for you, yeah, Blake Sanchez. Yeah, I was willing to yeah. call him a sleeper, but I didn't feel good about it, and I wish I hadn't. And finally, Jake odorizzi has been pitching better lately, and Jake Odorizzi could have the Tigers and the White Sox next week. That's interesting. He's a scary pitcher because the walks have been high, higher than usual for him, and He's actually had good home run luck. Like, he's an extreme fly ball pitcher. Hasn't gotten burned too badly by the home runs yet. So, he has a high potential for disaster starts. Yeah. But with those two matchups, I think, you know, I'd rather have him than Gomber. Yeah, uh, so that's Jake Odorizzi we're talking about. And, and uh, I think, you know, we gave you a lot of names. If one of them jumps out at you, I mean, I like Matt's. Uh, Odorizzi's interesting. Tyler Glass now is a no-brainer. Joe Musgrove would be at Cincinnati next week. Derek Holland would be set up for the Dodgers and the Padres next week. Uh, Dodgers might have nothing to play for at that point. They might have something locked up. Probably not. But that could be like one of the last games of the year. So uh, there's some pretty interesting pitchers that might be able to help you out. Deep leagues, Ryan Barucki was awesome. Eight scoreless innings at Baltimore. Four quality starts in his last five. His only bad one in that stretch was actually at Baltimore. He got crushed on August 29th. <laughs> Barucki lined up for Tampa Bay this weekend and then at Tampa Bay next week. He's 20% owned, and uh, the other guy was Josh James, but Barucki we could talk about, Scott. We could talk about him. It's going to be a short conversation. I don't want him. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, in the bullpen, Sergio Romo pitches every day now. He got a save <laughs> on Monday. Hector Neris has gotten a save. That means three Phillies relievers have gotten the last three saves for the Phillies. Sean Doolittle appears to have that job for the Nationals. Ty Buttry is Buttry. the guy. Adam Conley got a save for the Marlins, but Drew Seconrider was probably unavailable. And Andrew Miller got a save on Tuesday for the Indians. Interesting. No, sir. No, yeah. no, like, no, sir is one of those, like, calibrators when you're trying to get into the impression for, uh, for Michael Kane. Oh, really? No, sir. What about yeah. Master, Master, Master Wayne? Master, Master Wayne. Wayne. Master, Master Wayne's Wayne. the other, but I think Noster's even better. I'm not good at, I can't do a Michael Kane. Well, I'm not sure I can either, but I keep trying. You know who I can imitate, Scott? Who? Nate Dog and Warren G. I, the way I said Warren G. Yeah, you can tell. I'm a real regulator, everybody. This is from Andrew. He says, what happened in my league is just wrong. I'm in a weekly head-to-head categories league. I tied 5-5, and I was able to advance because of the higher seed. Uh. My opponent is livid. He thinks it's unfair. He was eliminated because of a tie and decided to try and sabotage my chances of winning the playoffs. We're down to the final four teams, and he just dropped Javier Baez and Gary Sanchez, and they're now on waivers. With our current waiver system on ninth, I am ninth, and those guys are likely to go to playoff teams. I told the commissioner this was wrong and his team should be locked. Even the commissioner said this is completely within the rules and he is not breaking any. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me recap. Andrew here wins on a tiebreaker. 5-5 five, five, tie. He wins because he was the higher seed, which is what we say the tiebreaker should be all the time. Yep. The opponent, because he's a little baby. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. But the opponent's a baby. He drops Ooh. Javier Baez and Gary Sanchez so he can allow Andrew's opponents to pick him up and use to pick them up and use Baez and Sanchez against him in the playoffs. Now, first of all, 
using Gary Sanchez against Andrews is actually going to probably work out to Andrews' benefit. But Javier Baez, I mean, this is regardless of my Gary Sanchez joke. Scott, this is one of the most cowardly, childish, stupid things. And for the commissioner to say this is fine and within the rules really yeah. drives me crazy. I wonder if the commissioner is one of the competitors who's picking up these players. Yeah, maybe. I've. Oh, he is. He is. He is, is this there... player's. He was Andrew's opponent this week in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I've never had to hear this rule stated before. It's just kind of understood that, you know, if if you're out of the playoffs, why do you have any reason to drop anyone? I'll give you a real life if, example. I don't know if this is a keeper league or no. I'll give you a real life example. Somebody accidentally didn't realize the playoffs have started. His name may have rhymed with Mondo Mamino, and he made an ad <laughs> drop during the playoffs, and he was not in the playoffs. So I reversed his waiver claim. And okay. another guy whose name might rhyme with Biss Bowers did the same thing in that league. Biss Bowers. And I had to reverse Biss Bowers' waiver claim. You cannot do this. Commissioner, I, again, I hope you're not listening. I hate you. What you're doing is cheating. What the other guy did is cheating. Andrew, you're being cheated. It's unfair. Javi Baez and Sanchez should not be on any other teams, and that has been regulated. One more from Stephen Claxton. With the season and fantasy baseball advice coming to a close, I need to bother you one last time. I am the commissioner of a 10-team points league that has one team that was abandoned. We keep four players each year. His keeper options are... Kluber. Carrasco, Bumgarner, Cespedes, Andrews. Murphy and Robbie Ray and Molina too. All right. Anyway, his his keeper keeper options are Kluber, Carrasco, Bumgarner. Cespedes, Andrews, Murphy, Robbie Ray, and Molina. He already has the first pick next year and should be able to draft one of Baez or Goldschmidt to name a few. Is there any further compensation I should give to this team, or do you think they're in good enough position to succeed with the next owner? This is a 10-team league. Keepers are okay, but he has the first pick. And, um, yeah. And uh, there will no, be a new owner other concession. In. When a new owner comes in, particularly if it's not like a dynasty situation, uh, I like to give them the first pick, but he already has it. So, Kluber, Carrasco, Bumgarner, and a, well, Kluber, Kluber and Carrasco seem like good enough keepers. Um, Bumgarner, I don't know. It depends how aggressively people go after pitchers in this particular points league, but I don't think there's, like, there, uh, those keepers are, he, like, he could contend next. Carrasco is not really a, f- He'll need four. to he'll need to draft well, but yeah. like, I I don't think these keepers are so bad that it's like he just has no chance. Particularly in a ten team league where you know there are going to be good options going off the board even in the late rounds. Yeah. All right. So thank you. That has been regulated. I didn't have the music queued up, so I'm not going to do it. Just kidding. I'm going to do it. It's been regulated. All right. That's it for fantasy regulators. And guess what? We're not going to have time to look at Scott's top two rounds, but we got off-season podcasts. We've got plenty of time to talk about, so make sure you stay tuned plenty for that. Plenty of time to talk about next year's drafts. I do want to get everybody's lineup set for Thursday and Friday. I have a question for you out there. I got a question for you. 
Have you ever looked at a photo of yourself from five years ago and thought, damn, I look young. What happened to that guy? Where did all these wrinkles come from? When did I start to look like my dad? Sorry, dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, we all, we all get, we all get older, right? But I want to tell you about forhims.com and forhims.com and we've got a URL for you. It's different. I've told you about hims.com in the past, but that has been for hair loss. Now, we got we got an anti-aging kit at forhims.com slash FBT skin. So it's forhims, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FBT skin. Because this is for your skin. So Hims anti-aging kit is a custom prescription cream tailored to your skin that can keep your skin looking youthfully smooth by reducing the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines. And that would be, it's not a secret. It, it, it's tretinoin. And its results are backed by science. So tretinoin can renew and restore skin uh, by increasing collagen. That's the protein that keeps your skin firm. This is great. An anti-aging kit. How much is it going to cost? How about we save you 20 bucks off your first month of the Hims anti-aging kit? Uh, lock in those looks now and get your first month of anti-aging for $20 off. The URL again is forhims.com slash fbtskin. Forhims.com slash FBT skin. Really, really cool. I'm glad we have this. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for men for skincare, hair loss, sexual wellness. We've told you about the hair loss. Now it's time for the skincare. FBT skin. So it's forhims.com slash FBT skin. Okay, Adam, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're, you're feeling like you're looking old. You're having credit problems. I know. Apparently. I'm an adult. Like, what, what's going on? Some kind of midlife crisis. I am an adult. This, now, is this Scott. you becoming a dad, and you're just kind of freaking out? It's gonna yeah. be okay. I've been a dad for two months. I will say, best it, two months. Of my, your, it's making you feel old. It's best two months of my life. No, I, reckless I, things. I'm getting, I'm getting some wrinkles. I'm getting some crow's feet. I'm getting some of that. You know, it's okay. It's a problem. All right, fair enough. Gotta just just want to make sure you're okay. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you looking in. You're the only one who ever looks uh, checks in on me. Uh, Cardinals Braves is probably going to start before you hear this podcast, but would you start Tuki Toussaint, Scott White? No. Would you start Moya or Turnbull for Twins Tigers? No. Nobody in raised Rangers. Cindergard, yes. Zach Eflin against the Mets. I, no. Let's look at David Price at the Yankees. I know you're going to say start him, but. Yeah. They don't have the career game log option, which is a shame. So let's just look at his career at Yankee Stadium. I'm going to guess his ERA is over five. Uh, at the new Yankee Stadium, let's see. Uh, four seventy-five. Four seventy-five. Yeah. Not good. Start Not him at the Yankees want. tonight. And what about Severino? He might be a tougher question here. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd be more likely to start Price than Severino. It would depend on what my options are, um, because uh, Severino's been decent recently. It's just you know the Red Sox. Sure, and now you got to check the lineups because but they sat Benintendi yesterday. Betts didn't play. Betts is expected to DH today. Maybe they sit J.D. Martinez. You never know. Red Sox are uh, in chill mode right now. But they are – I'm sure they would like to clinch. They, all they need to do is beat the Yankees once, and they can celebrate on the, the Yankees' home field and win the division. Uh, Royals at Pirates. Phil Meyer at Archer. 
I would start Archer. Gavilio at Yakabonus. Yakano. And Gavilino? Gavilino. Dylan Covey at Carlos Carrasco. Well, obviously Carrasco, and obviously not Covey. Matt Harvey at Gio Gonzalez, Reds at Brewers. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I want to start either. I definitely don't want to start Gio. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you could make a case to start both probably, but I'm saying no, no Harvey, no Gio. Rowena Elias at Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel, it's good. Stratton at Erlin. Nah. Hamels at Ray. Both. Cole Hamels, Scott, is bidding to become one of the all-time great trade deadline acquisitions. That? He's been great. Yeah, he's been really good. Yeah. He is uh, – it'll be interesting to see how he closes out his career. He's obviously playing for a contract right now with – you know, and, and the destination could make a big difference on his 2019 value. I don't think – it's crazy to think he could make a push for the Hall of Fame here. He's mm. had a pretty good career. Yeah, he has. Another World Series would certainly go a long way. Felix yep. Pena at Brett Anderson. I would start Pena. Ooh, okay. Tyler Anderson at Walker Bueller. Would I start Pena? He's have he's offense is pretty good. Terrific. If if you need if you feel like you need an extra start, that's not a bad one. All right. Anderson and Bueller, start Bueller, said Anderson. September twentieth, Thursday. Shoemaker at Edwin Jackson. No, thanks. Eduardo Rodriguez at Tanaka. I would start both. I'd be more willing to start Tanaka than Severino, which is Va- interesting. Vargas at Ross. At Joe Ross. Ross? Joe Ross. Oh, okay. The one I'm, I won't tell you what side I'm looking at, but it says Scherzer, not Ross. But let's assume it's Ross because Scherzer is obvious. I'm looking if at it CBS is Ross, because I'm a loyal employee. Yeah. If it is Ross, I would not start Ross and I'm not starting Vargas either. Jalen Beeks at Marco Estrada. No. Cody Reed at Jeff Brigham. No. Lopez. Jorge Lopez at Matt Boyd. Yeah, let's start Boyd against the Royals. James Shields at Josh Tomlin. No thanks. Vince Velasquez at Kevin Gosman. I'm not sure I want to start either. I'd be more likely to start Gosman. Velasquez is... Rarely pitching even five innings. Scott, get the heck out of here. You're, we're done. We're done, done with, with you. Me. Yes. Get out of here. All right, that's great stuff from Scott White. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll come back on Friday and help you win a championship. See you later.